So I don't know. They just unplugged me and plugged me back in, and it, everything's been fine since then. <laughs> <laughs> you needed to be rebooted. Yeah. I get it. Oh, it's a shoe joke. Okay. <laughs> it's, you're a shoe in at the next improv. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, welcome to another episode of Screen Fix, where we are going to fix a recent film. This week, we are fixing the Jason Statham action adventure prehistoric shark co-production between the U.S. and China based on a book, The Meg. What's that? Megalodon. He's kidding, right? I'm your host, JC. With me, as always, is the co-host that carries the show, Lady Wan. Why don't you say hi to everybody? Go ahead. Hello. Are you a shark film enthusiast? Uh, are you you a fan of uh, Deep Blue Sea, Jaws, <laughs> 47 Meters Down, The Shallows? Yeah. Are you a shark shark film girl, lady, woman? That's a complicated question because I am 100% afraid of the ocean. The thought of being under the water terrifies me. Open water in lakes, rivers, the ocean, the gulf, it's all so scary to me. But Jaws is a perfect movie and Deep Blue Sea is weirdly one of my favorites. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, kind of. All right. Were you familiar with The Meg before it became a, a movie? No, I was stunned to find out that there is literary material responsible for this movie. A lot of literary material. Like there are, there's something like six books in this series. This series even crosses over with another series that involves the Loch Ness Monster. Oh my God. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's all kinds of Meg action wow. that you can find at a Goodwill near you. So, <laughs> so anyway, this book, The Meg, came out in, I think, 1996. It was a huge hit. It, 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 Sold to uh, more than 20 countries. It hit number 19 on the New York Times bestseller list. Wow. It became a radio series in Japan. What? Yeah. It was written by this author, Steve Alton, from uh, Philadelphia. He got his bachelor's degree in phys ed from Penn State. And he got his <laughs> master's in sports medicine from the University of Delaware. Mm -hmm. But then he got his doctorate of education at Temple University. Okay. Still don't know how that qualifies him to write about sharks, but, you know. He wrote this book, Meg, a novel of deep terror, uh, and it was a hit. And here, here we are now. So wow. the the second book in the series was called The Trench, and that came out in 1999. It was also a, a bestseller, and he's he's been just cranking them out ever since. So uh, the backstory of the film version, though, is that immediately out of the gate, the film was uh, set up at Disney in 1997. Yeah. Um, and apparently that bid cost the studio a cool million dollars. No big deal. Disney didn't want to compete with 1999's Deep Blue Sea, which you mentioned being one of your favorites. It's so good. Um, 
<laughs> and apparently Alton did not like the fact that uh, things were not moving forward with his Meg movie. He wrote his own draft of the screenplay and he showed it to someone named Nick Nunziata who delivered it to Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro took it to Lawrence Gordon and Lord Levin, who brought it to director Jan de Bont. If you remember him, he did but Speed and Twister. Twister. Love it. And, oh, and Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life. Ooh. uh, The sequel. (laughs) Uh, then after that, well, uh, apparently, you know, obviously that stuff didn't happen. Apparently, at some point, uh, Eli Roth was attached to this. Oh, my God. Leaving due to creative differences. <laughs> there would have like, been so much blood. Right. Somebody <laughs> figured that he probably left because he wanted to stay R. He yeah. is, the, you know, of course, the director of Hostel and... I don't know, other gross things. Anyway, eventually we got what we got directed by John Turtletob. And starring Jason Statham. And it is a hit. Give us those fresh hot stats hot off the press. That's my sizzle. So this movie opened August 10th. It was number one at the box office in the United States. It made 45 million bucks. Dang. Right? Took a bite out of that weekend. Box office. Yeah. But after two weeks, it's at 83 million in the U.S. So that's a pretty solid second weekend. Still chomping the competition. Yes. But the big money is overseas, where it is up to $233 million. Good Lord. Really preying on the international market. Oh, my gosh. This movie has made all of its $130 million production budget back and probably covered marketing, too, at this point. It was all over my Instagram feed. It was. It had a really impressive trailer, too, that I liked so much. I loved the trailer. It was so good. I was like, this movie's going to be so much fun. Right? It was going to be silly and choppy. Right. uh, And then what we got wasn't very silly or chompy. No. Uh, we got something that took itself, I think, way too seriously. I think, unless those were jokes. Oof. The jokes in that movie were worse than my jokes from yeah. like a minute ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some of them, yeah. Ew. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So, obviously, this thing is going to fin-ish with a lot of money. But how are audiences really feeling about it? Are they getting buyer's remorsal dorsal? No. What? <laughs> I'm leaving that in. Oh, no, don't you dare. I am. Don't you dare. Uh-huh. Don't. Don't. How did audiences like it? It's 47% rotten, according to critics, with 58% of audiences liking it. I don't think that's good. It doesn't sound good, and I'm also confused by the fact that Deep Blue Sea is 57% rotten, and only 38% of audiences like it. And I think that's messed up. That movie's great. LL Cool J's hat is like a shark fin. It had that shark fin song. It's such a good song. Anyway, that's a a lot of scratch. Do you think we're going to get Meg 2, probably? I mean, if they like money. I think that Meg 2 is going to be from the book. It's not the second book in the series, but the third book in the series called Meg Primal Waters. (laughs) It's that ridiculous. These subtitles are tremendous. The Meg Primal Waters. uh, In that one, uh, the Jason Statham character gets propositioned to appear on a reality show called Daredevils. But it's just this like elaborate ruse to lure him to his death. (laughs) Yeah, at the jaws of another Megalodon. Uh, Yeah, that's got to be it, right? That's got to be the next one, right? Yeah. 
This is why I don't read. You know what? I, I think we're going to get Meg too. And I also think we're going to get The Lock. Because I feel like this guy Alton's IPs are going to be hot right now. Oh, so yeah. we're going to get The Lock. Where an ancestor of William Wallace, a.k.a. Braveheart, goes up against the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> yeah, we're sure. We're going to get that one, right? Why not? Let me really quick give a quick plot description of, of this one. Yes. So in this one, we've got Naval Captain Jonas Taylor, who is our Jason Statham. There's a scene in the very beginning where he's an expert sea diver. He's part of a rescue team or, or something. Essentially, he's got to make this decision when he's down there. He's trying to save some people from a submarine, and he's got to make this decision. He leaves some of his team down there. He only rescues some of the people. There's people that say that he went crazy, and his career is basically ruined. And then five years later, there's a scientific team that has this hypothesis, and they're out in this sea lab base off of the coast of China. Their hypothesis is, is that the bottom is not actually the bottom, it's a cloud. Right, so they decide that they want to go beneath that cloud. They get down there, there's something attacking them down there, some of their team gets stuck down there, including the ex-wife of Jonas, and... They call upon him. He's in Thailand. He's a quote-unquote drunk. They say who's in the sub. He comes. He goes down to try to rescue them. He does rescue them. He also rescues the daughter of the guy who runs the science lab in the ocean. And on their way back up, oops, they accidentally let a megalodon prehistoric shark which apparently prehistoric animals have been kept underneath this cloud layer. We only ever see the, the megalodon shark. We do see one giant squid. But anyway, the megalodon shark is now escaped and is on the surface. And essentially the rest of the movie is a, the shark is wreaking havoc on ships that are off the coast, their ship, and they're essentially just trying to kill it over and over and over. They actually capture it at one point. Yay! And then all of a sudden, oh my goodness, there's a second one that's bigger. Ah! Chompa, chompa, chompa. So now that one is is alive and they're in the middle of the ocean and they need to escape. And then there's a corporate guy played by Rain Wilson who wants to mitigate the damage. And he goes to try to kill the shark and he wants to make sure that there's no bad publicity about what his oceanic installation has been up to. And the fact that the shark has killed a whole bunch of people. <laughs> he fails, and now the shark is on its way to a beach full of people. They need to stop it. They arrive. Jason Statham does stop it. He slices its belly open with a broken piece of one-man underwater submarine thing. <laughs> and uh, that's it. Yeah. That's your movie. Mm -hmm. The Meg. Yeah. Doesn't it sound amazing? Doesn't it sound like it delivers on the, on the promise of that trailer? I would rather just watch that trailer like on a loop for two hours and watch that movie for two hours. <laughs> so anyway, what do you say <laughs> we dive right in and fix this movie? It's Megalodon. Why don't you give me your first fix? Take a bite out of it, out of this movie. Go ahead, Lady Wonka. Dwight's character. I mean, Brain Wilson. He is Morris. He's very Dwight-ish. He's awkward and weird, and he is Dwight if he was a billionaire. So he walks into the C-Lab, and he's like, I run this place. I'm paying for all of this. And he's definitely a weirdo. Yeah. He's supposed to be the comedy relief, but, like, his jokes aren't good. 
So it's a little tough. But at one point, multiple people have been killed by this shark and they're going to shut the station down. And he gives this like emotional speech about the loss and like them banding together and how they're going to move forward. And that's really off-putting because that's not been his character. But then he leaves and you see that he was like lying to them and he was deceiving them. And he told everyone he was going to call for help, but help's not coming. Help hasn't been called. He called in backup. Whatever phone number billionaires have where they can be like, I need a helicopter and a bunch of dudes with guns. I just need some mercenaries real quick. Yeah, yeah. He just, he called his mercenary hotline and they drop explosives on what they think is the Meg. Turns out it's a whale. (laughs) R.I.P. that whale. Whales get the shaft in this movie big time. Yeah, you know what? I'm personally fine with this because anybody who knows me knows that I hate whales. Wait. Hold on. No, uh, hold on. Your your screen fix family doesn't know that you hate whales. Ex- explain this. I hate them. They're too big. I am not comfortable with their presence in this world with me. It's the same as if there was a T-Rex. Like, it's we're not supposed to exist together. This doesn't work. I am legitimately terrified of whales. Like, what are you scared that it's going to do to you they're they're just too big they're bigger than boats yeah i i hate all those giant whale attacks every year that that we hear about on the news it's terrifying (laughs) it's legitimately terrifying i hate whales the pacific life commercials i literally can't watch them so if i play a whale song right now i'm not gonna like it no i just i hate whales they're too big They're legitimately too big. Anyway, Morris kills a whale. I was fine with it. And then the shark eats him. And then that's the end of Morris. But he wasn't evil enough for my taste. Because he says when he is calling his mercenaries, anybody who is injured by this, which is my lab, I'm liable. There's a lawsuit waiting to happen. I can't let this go down. So I wish that he would have been plotting to kill all of those people too because he's that crazy and he's that concerned with his financial liability and cleaning up the mess and making sure he can stay his billionaire self that I want him to be sabotaging the lab once they realize this is not going to work and they can't just catch the Meg and the Meg is out there wreaking havoc. Part of that lab is under construction for whatever reason anyway. They have like plastic tarps up. I I don't know why. I would have liked it if, if he has left explosives there and he's rigged it so that it's going to look like the lab just collapsed and all of those people died and it was just an accident and then nobody will ever find out that the Meg expedition happened. Like he can just walk away clean and not worry about it. And then we can obviously have our very heroic Jason Statham, I don't know, like defuse a bomb? Why not? Let's get weird with it. And that's way more evil and crazy for this billionaire character to be doing. Yeah, that's perfect because he's so worried about like these lawsuits and things, but he's got a whole lab full of people that are going to probably spill it as soon as 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 they get out of there, right? Like they're not going to just keep it all keep it all secret yeah so yeah like making like if he really wanted to like curtail the lawsuits and damage to his Mm -hmm. to his company's reputation you're right making him more sinister maybe even there's people on the team that are loyal to him too so they're like lock the people on the facility for him and they like disable all the life rafts for him and you know and then they all fly off and uh yeah that would have been a great little turn of events there yeah i want him to be way more evil than just like he bombed a whale 
JC, what's your first fix? I'm going to dig into the book a few times here. Ooh, literally. Yeah, right. So the Meg book starts with a Tyrannosaurus Rex chasing some dinosaurs, I don't know, down to a beach. And he gets himself like a, like a little deep while he's pursuing his, uh, his prey there. And then, bam, Megalodon takes him down. Ooh. Dino action. Now, I don't want that scene in the movie, but... I did want more prehistoric beast action. So when they penetrate that layer of hydrogen, what? (laughs) Just like beast action is a funny term. And then you immediately said penetrate and I'm 12. So (laughs) is it the word penetrate? Mm -mm. Is it beast action? Maybe. (laughs) Is it beast action with penetrate? Who can never be sure? When they penetrate that layer of hydrogen sulfide, I want to see more prehistoric beasts. Like, we spend so little time down there, and it's barely any deeper than the trench already was. Like, right. How much deeper did it look? Like a hundred feet. Right. It looks so... Maybe. <laughs> they do all this to get past a cloud for like a hundred more feet yeah. of bottom. But when they're down there, other than the Megalodon, we just get a giant squid. We see giant squid now in the present day. I wanted like a prehistoric world down there. I wanted some scary marine animals from the past. In his book series, there's already a Leopleridon in the book series. What does that mean? Just another dino, like a a lizard under there. Bring them out and have that be the animal that's crushing the little one-man sub that was commandeered by Su Yen. Yeah, otherwise, what's the Meg eating down there? Yeah, like, where's all his food? Or yeah. I mean, I, I thought it would be better if there was, a like, another giant prehistoric animal, perhaps a Leopleridon, because that would be, like, a nod to people that have read the book series, right? So <laughs> there's this Leopleridon who's who's crushing. You, you can do the same thing. Oh, the pressure, it's crushing the, the sub. And then, of course, the Meg comes, chomps it there's a little dino fight right you could have this cool fight between this aquatic lizard and megalodon and they fight to the death of course megalodon wins and then they're like quick he's you know distracted let's get out of here and they they blast off while this dino fight is going on and you could have it to where they they barely escape they're thrashing around and it's really exciting and they escape up through the cloud maybe something else makes it through too maybe a cute little ichthyosaur like a little prehistoric little dolphiny looking friend. Maybe that's our blue of this series. Oh, I like that. Like a little prehistoric little dolphiny guy. It's cute. I like that it. That they can pet and they can make little like Meg series merch. Yeah, I want a stuffed one. Lady Wan, why don't you hit us with your second fix? You have like weird talk show host vibes sometimes. So Suyin and her father are the ones who are kind of running this this station funded by Dwight. And her father gets killed by the Meg, but he has like, he doesn't have like an exciting, awesome death. He has like a slow, like it takes a while he gives a speech death. And he tells her that he is sorry for how hard he's been on her. And he has always been proud of her. And he hopes that her daughter grows up to be just like her because he knows that'll make her happy the same way that she's made him happy as a father. And they have this touching moment and Suyin is like sobbing and it's so sad, except 
ever like, I don't know what the hell he's talking about because he seemed like a pretty okay dad to me. Yeah. She's the head of research at his lab. What are you, what are yeah, you talking about? That's like, weird. They seem to have a super great relationship. It seemed like a weird speech out of left field that was not representative of the relationship we had seen thus far in the movie. That being said, it made for a dramatic moment if you just showed up and saw that one scene and assumed everything they said was true. So let's do that. So let's fix their relationship to be the one they're presenting us with in his dying moments. Let's have him be kind of a jerk. Let's have him make her the assistant. Mm. Let's have her be like the co-captain. And that other guy, Mac, who shows up to recruit Statham, he's in charge because he's a man and because her father just thinks men are smarter and he should be in charge. Let's have him be sexist and like rude and dismissive of her. Let's have him undermining her authority and her expertise in the field and just have him brush her off as just, that's my little girl. She doesn't know what she's talking about. So I want that to be their relationship and on top of that i want jason statham to be defending her to her dad i want him to be like well i've heard about her research she's incredible how could you treat her this way how could you dismiss her she's brilliant she's so brave she went down there to help her friends mac didn't go down there to help anybody so i want the father and daughter's relationship to go through the change that the movie pretends it goes through and i also want him to see that she's going to be in good hands with a man who respects her and appreciates her and trusts her and was able to see her for the brilliant person that her dad wasn't able to see her for up until he was about to die they do that with a lot of the relationships in this movie people say things in this movie that are not set up at all just like that father yeah. that father line the line between the doctor and ruby rose yeah do you remember the that exact line something about oh yeah they're they're in the water like the meg is coming but we know that it will only go towards a lot of vibrations and the doctor turns to ruby rose and says just remember you're a good person and then he like spazzes in the water so the shark will eat him did ruby rose ever think she wasn't a good person did i miss a scene this movie has a lot of parts like that and you're right like at least fix like our main love interest at least get her backstory with her father correct right like let's give her relationship with her dad some attention let's give it an arc let's build more meat into this jason statham relationship with her let's have him think that she's brave and smart and amazing and tell someone that he thinks that about her instead of just making weird eyebrows with the eight-year-old about her. <laughs> and Statham's all meat in this movie. Yeah, there is a shirtless scene. This movie is Lady One Approved. Oh, there it is. <laughs> it, every movie's got to have the hunk of beefcake. It's summer. Sun's out, gun's out. It's Megalodon. JC, I know you have a second fix. Let's hear it. Of course I do. I'm on a podcast. Uh, I got, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what am I doing here? Uh, so anyway. <laughs> she um, just be like, no, yeah. I don't actually. No, Show's I over. don't. Can Go you home. just keep on talking? I'm, I'm just here to add really terrible puns on the back of all of your actual like intelligent fixes. Yeah, just some dad jokes. I'm going to fix the ending now on my second fix because my third fix is going to piggyback off it a little bit. Okay, do it. I hate just being like the book, the book, the book because the book is not great. I feel like they dropped the ball on quite a few elements that should have carried over from the books. And one of them is the ending. On my way in to see this movie, my friend Mick Mac from the show, he actually said... So how do you think they're going to kill the Meg? And I was like, I don't know. I said they were going to blow it up somehow. Uh, he, yeah. he goes, no, no, no. I think they're going to Drax style jump in his mouth. And I was like, Ooh. 
you know what? I wonder if they're going to do that. And then I found out, that's how the book ends. He goes in this thing's mouth. So Megalodon is huge. Like we see it bite a humpback whale like in half. Which I was fine with. Monstro from Pinocchio was half humpback and half blue whale, I think, or or sperm whale or something. He's a cartoon whale. He was was a cartoon (laughs) whale, but they've done like an an analysis of him. And I think they think he's like half blue and half sperm because he's got the sperm. He's got the sperm head. Monstro. Monstro was probably about Meg size and Pinocchio was like living in that thing. Mm-hmm. For a while, it seems like. <laughs> he, was, he was living in there. He's starting a fire. He's getting warm. Uh-huh. This thing is big enough to where Statham could have done just like the book, jumped right in his body, found that thing's heart, like amongst bodies of people he's eaten and like other fish. Arms. And, you know, there should have been some weird body parts in there. Maybe he sees some other prehistoric animal parts in there. He sees like, who knows, like a dino head in there. I don't know. Definitely that cage from earlier. Yeah, the cage from earlier. There should be some crazy stuff in there. He's in there, finds the heart, stabs it, and then now now it's a race against time because now he's got to get out of there, right? He's got to get out of there, and area's getting all bloody, and those other sharks are coming, and he's like, I got to get out of here, and he either slices his way right out the side. Maybe he comes out of his butthole. I don't know. Do sharks have buttholes? That is an amazing question. Siri, do sharks have buttholes? Here's what I found on the web for do sharks have buttholes. Negative. They do not have buttholes. Okay, so I obviously didn't do my research. He can't claw his way out of the butthole, but, you know, perhaps he can squeeze out of the gills or something. I don't know. He stabs it in the heart, just like in the book, narrowly escapes. I think it's way more dramatic than he turns his sub to the side and cuts his belly. Yeah. And I can't believe that they dropped the ball and did not let him go into the mouth, stab it in the heart, and escape through not a butthole, which makes me a little bit sad but escapes somehow. Lady Wan, do you have one more fix for us? I do. When they want to go get Jonas to do this rescue mission, because he's the only person left alive who's ever rescued anyone from 10,000 feet or deeper, they say, well, we can't go get him. He's drunk. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be exciting. And uh, we cut to Thailand. He's passed out at a bar. Like the bartender is just putting beer bottles in his hand as he is asleep at this bar. Clearly he's a regular. They know he can put him away. Then a fishing boat guy comes and he's telling him, you always tell me you're going to fix it. You never fix it. You're always drinking. He's holding a beer in his hand. The Sea uh, Lab guys come to recruit him. He's giving them beers, telling them that he's never going to do this. And he drinks a beer. And that's the end of it. That's the end of him being, quote unquote, a drunk. We see him hold a beer twice and one time he drinks it. That's it. Yep. That's not a drunk. That's not any of the drunks I know. (laughs) You know so many. Yeah, man. I went to an SEC school. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I want him to be a drunk. I think that's a great character point to have for him. Like that's that's an interesting thing for for us to follow through this movie so i want to start it right when they show up to recruit him i want him to get the three beers out and you think he's going to hand one to this guy one to that guy one for him and while he's explaining to them why he's not going to do it he opens one drinks one and he tells him well you're going to say this to me and i'm not going to do it opens another one drinks another one and that's why i'm not going to do it 
knocks <laughs> They're back all third for beer. him. Yes, I want him to drink three beers in like two minutes while he's giving a monologue. You know what? Like that also makes his character more of a risk to trust. Yes, right. Exactly. Because because can you imagine if like as soon as he got in in the small one man rescue pod sub, yeah. he just you hear him yes. open the beer and they're like what have we done yeah he's bringing those supplies down loading up the pod he has a little chit chat with su yin's daughter and i want him to be like bringing in coolers man like he's got a couple six packs down there it's gonna be a while in the movie he does shut off some of his like functionality to his pod he tells him he needs to conserve power and he shuts off the video and he's like all right i'm doing this and turns it off and it would be so good if he's just like all right guys pops the cap off a beer bottle yes and cheers at the camera and just starts chugging because i don't know maybe you can chug faster at low pressure that would be great if for his like a, a piece of his character arc was at the end his love interest Su Yin and he's got the daughter and he wants to kiss her or whatever and she's like it's me or the bottle right mm-hmm. and he looks at his bottle and he's like I'll see you next time there's a megalodon and he like <laughs> throws it in the water he throws it in the water and you're like yeah yeah I yeah. like it he just needs to drink to get shit done One more fix, JC. Let's hear that piggyback. In the book, the reason why there's so many megalodon sharks up on the surface is because when the one goes through, it's pregnant and gives birth to three other megalodons while it's up there. And they end up killing two and they capture one. Oh. All right. First of all, every one of these books is the offspring of the first shark named the Meg and the second shark named Angel who also gives birth. I don't know how that thing gave birth. Who is banging these sharks? I don't think I know how shark babies are made. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things I don't know about shark anatomy apparently. It's always these the offspring of these mm-hmm. sharks. They're either in an aquarium or they're in a lab or they're somewhere and they escape. They're always escaping again and wreaking havoc everywhere. So at the end, right, Statham is stabbing the heart and the thing is sinking or whatnot so this is what i want the credits roll movie ends and what do we see on the screen finn because <laughs> it's funny ha 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 you know shark fin and and blah blah yeah a woman in my theater literally yelled out oh come on <laughs> I know. so that fin pops up at the very end it fades back in, right? And we've got the carcass of the Meg is floating downwards to the bottom. It lands on the bottom. Boop, boop. Mm-hmm. And then we zoom in, zoom in. Something's pushing on the side of the shark from the inside. Oh. Chomp, chomp, chomp. <gasps> Out of it comes. It's baby. It was pregnant. Ah! Oh, my goodness. Sequel. I like it. Thank you. And that way, we'll get the sequel. It's set up. I mean, there's six books. Why not just have another shark pop out at the very end? Would have made us all roll our eyes, but maybe laugh a little giddy too. I like that as the ending, the bonus scene. Instead of just Fiend and it's done, Mm -hmm. I would have liked it. All right. So do you have any uh, final thought on this one, Lady Wan? I do, actually. So Mr. Lady One's favorite movie in the entire world is Jaws. Ooh. Yeah, he loves it. And he was actually, bless his heart, very upset at the quote-unquote homages to the Jaws movies. 
the mom like running to the beach looking for her annoying little boy with like the head wrap on and the bathing suit. And uh, the dog is named Pippin. In Jaws, it's Pippet. People think it sounds like Pippin. It's the same. But I actually like that. I think like accept what you are, own it, and don't try and make a shark movie where you don't have at least a wink to Jaws. Like you wouldn't be here without Jaws. So I actually liked that. All right. Yeah. I have a letter up you posted on Instagram that our next fix was for the Meg. I did. Somebody decided to write in. This is from Dead Goonie. Oh, Dead Goonie wrote us a uh, review on Apple as well. Thank you. Thank you very much. So this is his message here. I endured the disaster that was this sharky disaster movie. What are my fixes? Small fix. Funny lines? Come on. It's cheesy. Give us funny lines. Okay, we said that one. Yeah. Big fixes. I believe they should have pulled a Scream movie and killed Statham close to the beginning and made it a girl power movie with Bing Bing saving her daughter from the beast. Oh my God. I love this. Interesting. And he's got one more. Let me see. I think the movie could have been a lot more suspenseful with the entire movie being under the water like (gasps) it was in the beginning. Plus adding more creatures could have made it like an underwater Godzilla type film except on a smaller scale. Maybe something worse and bigger was down there and the Meg actually saves the rest of them in the end. Ooh, like Jurassic Park kind of thing. He actually says, okay, maybe the last part is too much like Jurassic (laughs) Park. Hey, I think that's okay. He also says, how could this have possibly been worse than the Mandy Moore flick? Jeez, or rather bad cheese, Dead Goonie out. Thank you. Thank you for the letter, Dead Goonie. Appreciate it. Thanks for them fixes. Yeah. And please, out there, everyone, follow us on social media. We'll let you know what our next fix is. And please join in. Also, after you listen to our show, go ahead and tell us what you thought about it, whether mm-hmm. you liked it or not. We love mail, and we will read it. All right, so if there's nothing else, I guess we should consider this. Screen, Screen Why don't you send us home, Lady One? So if you want us to read your fixes on the show, you can send them to ScreenFixPod at gmail.com. If you want to know what movie we're going to be fixing, you can always follow us on Twitter or Instagram at ScreenFixPod. And you can follow us on Facebook where we always post the latest episode. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Stitcher, Libsyn, Google Play, or Apple Podcasts where we would love, love, love if you would rate, review, and subscribe if you're enjoying the show. And please... Please tell a friend. We also have a Patreon account if you'd like to donate to the show. We'd like to keep it going forever. And we also have dreams of opening a one-screen theater to be the home of podcasting and movie marathons and film festivals, everything. We love movies that much, and you can be a part of it. So look for us there. Let's send us off with your best little Chinese girl saying, eight-year-olds hear everything. Go. Eight-year-olds hear everything. All right, here's mine. Eight-year-olds hear everything. She's not like a ghost. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, uh, look for our news episodes that come out early in the week, every week, and look for our next episode of Screen Fix. Uh, Who knows what our next movie is going to be? We'll post it. We'll let you know. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.